0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Fox and Fallon podcast. I am Courtney Fallon alongside Tanya Ray Fox. Tanya, we had to postpone our episode two of this show because of Antonio Brown.
1: Yeah, we've already become quite unreliable, which is not great for her brand, but we're going to get, we'll get back on track. <laughs> but I mean, I just, I just want to,
0: you know, like LeBron plays the blame game for everyone. I want to blame Antonio Brown yeah. for not allowing us to release our really great, concise, podcast that we had written and put up yeah, it was on amazing. Friday. It yeah. was amazing. And now we have to go back and edit. But I guess that,
1: you know, there's that's, that's there's a silver lining in everything. That's the way the cookie crumbles in this industry.
0: Okay. All right. So Antonio Brown, as we mentioned, it was still kind of up in the air whether he was going to sign on Friday. Um, as we were editing podcasts, he had signed with the Buffalo Bills, which turned out to be fake news.
1: Yeah. That was a, it was a short-lived. We were really ecstatic about it. We had some great times on Twitter. And 20 minutes later, it was all over. It was yeah, a really was beautiful over. fever dream.
0: <laughs> well, Tanya, I just kind of like that we're going to keep part of what we were talking about before, and Tanya actually had a hot take and was saying, anyone that Antonio Brown goes to is not going to be a competitor. You nailed it on that one. Uh, we just had to get the facts right. Yeah. So, Antonio Brown, signs with the Raiders. Your thoughts. One, two, three, go.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I think that this is one of those situations where the only, it turns out the only team that would have been able to give the Steelers any compensation back was the Raiders. There's like they were like the only team willing to really play ball. And they still, the Steelers still couldn't turn it into even like a second round pick. And that's what's kind of blowing my mind is that like I knew he was gonna end up on a team that was like maybe a little bit dysfunctional and had these things going on. I didn't realize that it would only turn into a third round and fifth round pick for the Steelers in return. And that's to me a different part of the story and has become actually a lot more interesting than like what Antonio Brown's going to do on the Raiders. Cause let's be honest, he'll be fine. Like he'll be good. He'll get like, he'll make these big plays. He'll have 10 touchdowns and you know, 1200 receiving yards and they'll be seven to nine. But like seven
0: to nine, I'm thinking five and 11. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I, you're, you're going a little too far with that. (laughs) There was a hot take floating around Twitter that the Patriots had offered a second and fourth round pick. For Antonio Brown and the Steelers declined. Yeah. Declined. Which is crazy because everyone was saying, oh no, that would never happen. Antonio Brown's the Patriots. Um, I would see Odell Beckham on the Patriots since he's obsessed with Tom Brady, more over Antonio Brown. But you never know the dealings that the New England is New England is doing behind the scenes. Um, my thoughts on Antonio Brown and signing with the Raiders is that this is a terrible deal. For the Raiders rebuilding. The number one priority for the Raiders in the offseason was to have a complete makeover, scaffolding down to the bone, top to bottom. And that started with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a mediocre quarterback. He's been regressing. I don't want to put him in the same category as like Blake Bortles regressing, but we have not seen, and I don't believe that we're going to see Derek Carr 2016 uh in his prime anymore and that was a huge priority for them in the offseason and now that you basically the first thing that Antonio Brown said when he joined the Raiders was love at first sight Derek Carr let's go all right so now you're stuck with Derek Carr yeah. for for at least another 3 to 4 years giving him a leeway that you shouldn't have had you could have had a new quarterback uh, Antonio Brown is not going to play for the Raiders if he doesn't have Derek Carr That's, that's number one.
1: There was there. I mean, there's an idea that they want Kyler Murray, which is like, obviously if he goes to the Cardinals, they don't, they don't have the opportunity to get him. However, there's still a chance that they're able to draft Kyler Murray and somehow finagle this. They're running out of cash, which is interesting. They, but somehow they managed to get Antonio Brown onto the team and keep their, like, they have three first round picks, four in the top 35. Like they're set up in a way that's actually, they should be in a really good position to like continue to build rebuild around some of these parts of their team that are deficient the offensive line which obviously they made other moves on that front today the defense however as you kind of pointed out the rebuild you don't rebuild by bringing in a free agent wide receiver and paying him more than you've ever anyone's ever paid a wide receiver that's not a rebuild that's something you do when you think you're competitive now and while, Derek, while they might be committed to starting Derek Carr and maybe bringing in a rookie backup to learn behind him and do the, like, apparently everybody wants to do the Pat Mahomes thing, that's, you're, oh, you nailed it. That, that's not what Antonio Brown's coming to do. No. He's not there to be dealing with, like, a, with a rookie who's figuring his shit out. So, I, like, I, I'm not 100% sure what their plan is. All I know is they spent a really, really large amount of money on two players over the last two days and they still have so many They have, have, so, they many have so
0: many holes to fill. Yeah. Um, another big topic of conversation as we wrap up Antonio Brown was a lot of people complaining and saying, oh, this is a terror. I, this is really Ross Tucker, who, I mean, I like Ross Tucker, but he just got killed on Twitter for this take saying, oh, hey, good example for the children. This is what you do. You stomp your feet, you roll around, and then you get $30 million. It's a good example for the kids. I don't have any problem with Antonio Brown holding out for the money. I don't have any problem with Le'Veon Bell holding out for the money. These are guys that get drafted and they get get sucker punched. For example, Trey Flowers signing with the uh, Detroit Lions. We will discuss this on our next podcast when we're talking about NFL free agency. But Trey Flowers got paid $4 million over four years by the New England Patriots. He will now be making $4 million through week five of the NFL season. Okay? That is why... You let these players play through their rookie contracts, and then once they get to the next echelon of their careers or the next tier, and they're thirty, you're allowed to hold out. I I don't have any problem yeah. with him holding out for the money. Do you?
1: No, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with him holding out for the money, and I think it's super disingenuous. I didn't see that Ross Tucker tweet, but I think it's disingenuous to act like these guys are like role models for the kids. Like, no, this isn't what they're there to do. Number one, and number two. Like, I don't – holding up for the money, that's what that's what Khalil Mack did. That's what Aaron Donald – that's what these guys do, right? The biggest problem with Antonio Brown, I think, that people hone in on is that he quit on his team at the end of the year. And yeah. I and I can see – I can understand that mentality if you have a little bit of an issue with that. the bit, Him going and getting his money, that's what – the, there is at least one or two players, and Sean Merriman said this on our air today at Fox Sports. He said there's one or two players on every team that has the talent – and is like the highest uh, of it's the highest echelon of player who can do this, who can hold out, who can put their foot down and say, like, this is the amount of money I want. I'm going to make sure I go somewhere to get it. And we, if you're a fan, if you're an NFL owner, if you're in any in any way associated with the NFL, that should be fine with you because the other 97 percent of the league is playing this money ball game with the with the owners and the GMs and you know the rookie contracts and everything else so everybody losing their minds over a future hall of fame wide receiver getting this much money needs to like reassess how many underpaid players there are in the league i hope this message doesn't put you to sleep like sweeney did
0: (laughs) not only is antonio brown not underpaid anymore but he's supplementing his income with um Some pretty sweet videos.
1: I saw this. This is is
0: a video that surfaced. I don't know how they caught this on one of the main, I think it was Boomer Esiason show. I know that this is not a video podcast, um, (laughs) but you just have to listen and see if you really think Antonio Brown knows what the hell he's talking about. Take a listen.
1: Mike, I want to congratulate you on a great career for being number one for so long. I hope this message doesn't put you to sleep like Sweetie did, <laughs> but no, for real, you're the sports the sports pope.
0: Congratulate your success on your app. <laughs> I hear subscribers is booming. Mike, you're the best, brother. <laughs> uh, I can't. This is like.
1: <laughs> Do you call him a sports pope?
0: He's no the sports pope.
1: Sports Pope. Sports okay. Pope. And mm-hmm. I'm not
0: really so sure who's uh, who that was directed to. Someone... I guess some guy named
1: Mike who like wanted his friend to give
0: him. Or yeah, is he retiring from the radio? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, when I re- <laughs> let's just say that Antonio Brown will not be in the booth for Monday Night Football. He really won't. I uh, like there will there will be no time in his career that he will be <laughs> on television or. Uh,
1: well, he might be on TV, but
0: he will Ooh. not be doing sports and broadcasting. Oh, and, <laughs> and speaking of Steve Smith, I think, had a burn. He was like, yeah, like, I'm going to keep doing TV because I'm good at it. And that was yes, like a huge... I saw that. That was a huge... Steve Smith does not hold back. He was burning Witten oh, on that one, right? That no. Was, yeah, that was toward Jason Witten. Oh, was, it, oh, was yeah. it Jason Witten or yeah. was it
1: okay? They yeah, never after Jason, like because he was so bad on Monday Night Football, and then like, oh, he was, I know, you know it's Steve Smith. But which, I mean, by the way, I'm pretty sure that they came out today that Greg Olson's going to be. Yeah, no, Greg I was like oh, yeah. that's way better. That's way he's better. He's well, been
0: he's been, been he's been practicing at the combine for the last couple of years for NFL Network. Yeah, he's been um, wonderful. Yeah, speaking of, so going back to the guys that shouldn't be on television, um, <laughs> AB is literally sitting in his office. Really, there's like 30 people in his house that are just running around, um, having a pool party in Miami. Yeah, and um, and he can't even read off of a prompter of what he's saying. I, I, just, I like, it's like the stuttering. Like I can't. Oh my god. You
1: put the, if you could see it, which you obviously can, he's like he's got this like shit eating grin on his face the whole time. Like he actually looks like he's having a blast, <laughs> which is like even weirder. He's so he's so weird. It's it's funny. And I mean, I'm next year so is gonna be fun. You're the best, brother. <laughs> oh my god! We're gonna have to use that in like. It's I, be a, a that's got. To that's
0: gotta be. It's gotta be one of those clips that you know you have a radio show. You just. Yeah. <laughs> you just. You just hit the we button need and we just need like. Mike, you're the best.
1: The, no, my, we need the sports. You're a sports
0: pope. You're a sports pope. <laughs> you're the sports pope. All right, back to our second topic. Uh We were discussing. We got pretty high on this discussion about LeBron James passes MJ on the all-time NBA points list. Um, the MJ LeBron conversation has been going on for about 6 years now. Who is the goat? I, listen, as I mentioned before, I covered LeBron for 3 years in Miami. I'm always a big LeBron fan. My tone has kind of changed as of recent.
1: Yeah, I think I think that when it comes to the LeBron MJ conversation, we're used to it advancing in LeBron's direction every year because obviously he's getting every year he plays and accumulates more stats and gets another finals appearance in He's getting a, another year closer to having his son, LeBron Jr., coming into the league and yeah. playing with LeBron Jr. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, like, he's always sort of working back towards – that's the natural progression. MJ's retired. This is the guy who's playing, and he's been in now. been in, you know, eight straight finals or whatever. So I think we're used to that, that trajectory, but this season has been really different. This season has been so different, and it's changed a lot of people's tones
0: on whether LeBron will surpass MJ as the greatest basketball player of all time. I think we can all agree – Whether you're Stephen A. Smith or whether you're any NBA naysayer, that, you know, if you have that list of top five players, uh, LeBron is definitely in the conversation. But, you know, there's a big expectation of LeBron coming into the Lakers, so what he was going to do for the team. I think that last night, doesn't really solidify any conversation that LeBron is better than MJ. And I think almost it embarrassed him. So my question to you, at least, as we kick off this conversation as we do sort of a timeline, Tanya and I are talking about, we need to give sort of a timeline of, of why this tone has changed over the last couple of months or so. But Tanya, like, does LeBron still have more work to do as he passes Michael Jordan's legacy?
1: Yeah. I think that you and I would both agree that we, there was a time where we would have said no. Um, but I, but it's you know, sometimes we will agree on this podcast and the fact of the matter is, I Listen, think he does agree have to more disagree, work to do. yeah. you know, but we, I mean, in, but in this specific situation, I think we both where we represent a lot of the people out there who were team LeBron who've been, I mean, we didn't, we weren't in our, you know, sports viewing primes when MJ was playing. It's been no. something else to watch LeBron. He yes. has been a physical specimen. He has been the best basketball player you or I as adult sports viewers has ever played has ever we've ever watched play. But I think he had I think this season set him back and I think he has more work to do to get back into that conversation where we can legitimately look 10 down 10 years down the road and say he surpassed MJ. I don't think if his career ended today I don't think he'd have it. I don't think he has the edge.
0: Oh, so th- this is this is kind of the problem that I've had with LeBron and, and the Lakers this season, or just specifically in LeBron's legacy. I think he came in here with tre- tremendous expectations. It's his fifteenth year in the league. He's a fifteen-time All-Star, uh, three-time NBA scoring champion. The wheels really fell off for the Lakers. I would say right when he got injured and he had that groin injury, a lot of the people were saying that, you know, it's going to be a day-to-day injury. LeBron decided to take off a few weeks. I had assumed if you have a groin injury, you really don't want to risk that for the postseason, so he was going to be
1: out for a while. Um, And he does like to start resting. Yeah, he
0: likes to start resting. The Lakers really kind of fell off the wagon. They started losing tons of games. And then really the wheels came off when the Anthony Davis trade talks came through as a lot of people know his pelicans contract is up next year lebron and ad have the same age as rich paul um, they wanted to get a deal done and basically the lakers came in and said all right we'll take him for a bunch of nobodies on the lakers and the pelicans really pulled the rug out from underneath them and exposed them and said yeah like nice try we would we were actually we were just we were just joking about dealing but potentially dealing with you. Um, it got exposed to the entire league. The players on the Lakers, especially a lot of the young players, you got Lonzo Ball. I mean, Rondo is still Rondo and he's still a child, even though he's been in the league for, I don't know, 10, 11 years. You know, and, and this, this started to create friction in the locker room and the young players. and I and The LeBron blame game for the last few weeks has been absolutely unbearable. And it's been unbearable to watch for a lot of the people that support LeBron. You know, to see him to see the team not only fall apart. This is they're on pace to match one of the worst Cle- uh, Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers teams
1: 0-3-0-4, that, yeah, that he played right, on. Right. I think that's the I think that's the toughest part is that like since the it was pretty clear he had one plan to get himself and the Lakers to the playoffs. And that plan was to get Anthony Davis traded before the deadline to the Lakers. I, th-
0: I think that they just, I mean, he's sitting there and he's thinking back to his banana boat trips with with Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony and sitting there and saying like, oh, like who can I get to come over here to compete with the Warriors? I don't think it yeah. really was. Well, that,
1: you know, that that's exactly what it was. But I mean, the point, of, the point is that he didn't have an idea that he could take this group of guys if he had to. It seems like it was Anthony Davis or bust for him. And when that all fell apart it obviously was going to affect the team he put his entire team on the trading block yeah so he, he instead of finding a way to be diplomatic about that in case the Anthony Davis thing fell through he and Rich Paul and the rest of the Lakers organization kind of made it clear they didn't care they just wanted Anthony Davis and that's that shows a lack of foresight that we haven't really seen from LeBron in years past and it is really concerning when you think about like if We're going to try to compare you to a guy like MJ. We talked about this in our pre-production meeting. MJ, like, he gave it 100% every single season he played until those late Wiz- Wizards years when he was, like, 40. I he mean, never he the, never pro- saw this. The, the,
0: the, the problem, again, getting to, like, the real point of what I'm trying to make about this is that the problem is, and I absolutely agree with everything that you just said, Tanya. MJ – Always played defense. MJ never alienated his teammates. Although I did, I heard a uh, an interview with Dennis Rodman recently. He was saying that Scotty, MJ, and Dennis they never spoke off the court. Yeah. You know, like there was they were completely alienated themselves. But I mean, look, MJ never alienated other teammates. I mean, no, Dennis and that, was just they, were, they still had
1: they still had playing chemistry. They
0: still had playing chemistry. Exactly. The problem that I have with this now is that things are going so wrong on the backside of the court for LeBron and everything on the forefront he is just doing everything he can to just embarrass the shit out of himself on social media i mean his his day to day job is going awfully if that's even a word it's it's going po- very poorly and He's there on social media. He's making a rap album with 2 chains. He's announcing that he's making Space Jam 2. He has like a lot of a lot of his production company is in full swing. He's, he's talking shit about other basketball players on his Facebook watch show or whatever he has going on with Spring Hill Entertainment. He's chugging bottles of wine on his way to the game. I mean, and I just, it's seeing, it just seems like a complete meltdown uh, emotionally, you know, off the court, that he's just doing stupid things to just get attention. I, My biggest problem is that not only has he led a, a, a terrible season for the Lakers, below expectations, tons of drama, everything that his reputation previously had not, but he's continued to dig himself into a deep hole and separate himself in the immaturity category between sure. him and Michael Jordan.
1: Right. Now, so my question to you is... Everybody's already talked about this. There's very little fanfare. He did it in front of a Lakers team he doesn't have a big, a, oh, was a big embarrassing. relationship with. He did it in front of fans he doesn't have a relationship with. Like they all just look at him and say, "You're not Kobe." So do you, when when he was talking after the game about how he was so inspired by MJ and he had "Thank you MJ" written on his on his shoes and all that stuff. Do you think that was was genuine or is that damage? I, I
0: I completely and that was another big that was another big thing that really struck me. The whole love for MJ the writing on the shoes, the Instagram posts, that was completely disingenuous. LeBron made so much. It was such a bad moment for for Lakers fans that were so apathetic. Watching that game, they're down 18. All of a sudden, he goes over to the bench. He starts crying in his towel. He can't believe it. Wow, what a moment. It's like, why are you trying to put um, a, a cherry on top of a turd? Right. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, It was just like... stop this is like this is a bright moment for you in your career but this is just kind of sad
1: yeah it was it was not the it was not the the moment that it should have been 100% Jesus they should have
0: they should have given and totaled his points from the all-star game when he was doing alley-oops with Dwayne Wade (laughs) yeah last time with my brother Grandpa Wade
1: so on top of everything else that's going on with LeBron we actually got an even more exciting story this weekend which was I mean, you got to love the Van Gundy brothers. I mean, thank God for the Van Gundys. Jeff Van Gundy on the broadcast this weekend during the Lakers Celtics game proposed mid-game like while calling it that it would be potentially advantageous for the Lakers to try to trade LeBron James this offseason. And it's upon first impression, the idea that you would anybody would trade LeBron James is nuts. However, now, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Taste Courtney. of
0: his own medicine. I mean, come
1: on, I love it. Isn't I love it a this. a lovely, idea. incredible idea when you really, I mean, if you get down to brass tacks, I don't want to hear whether you think it's a good idea yet. I just want to, do you think, would you like to see this happen?
0: I would love to see this happen because it just goes against everything that LeBron has created of his career and, and this kind of. Um, bronze god uh you know statue that he's created of himself to say like you know I I will be the GM it's not his fault that he's like a shitty GM of the Lakers <laughs> because you know that's he's been GM of every team that he's been on i just think it would be so ironic and funny to to trade him away from the team that he you know oh you know he's he's been in control of every team and every decision that he's made what if he wasn't for right. once
1: right and i think the funny part is and i haven't heard anyone talk about this but the reason he, doesn't, he, the reason he doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract is because he moves around so much. So the fact that he came to a third team is the reason he doesn't have a no-trade. A no Otherwise, he would have a no-trade because you have to be an eight-year veteran and you have to have four years with a team. So if he had stayed with Cleveland, signed a new contract with them, and then like made, figured out a trade – He'd have a no-trade clause. If he'd gone to Miami, he'd have a no-trade clause because he got he had put in four years with Miami. It yep. doesn't have to be consecutive. So the he bit him, like this is if they traded him, it would be because he had the totally defendable belief that no one would ever trade him. And it would just be such a fun, weird karmic energy to the whole vibe. And to to be fair, it would it would probably save Magic Johnson could probably save his, his role within the organization if he if he was able to turn LeBron into a bunch of really good young players potentially get a nice little draft pick and totally rehaul the team. Uh, so it would probably and we know where Jeannie Bus stands on how all of this stuff has gone down. She's tried to separate herself from the LeBron James football yeah, really, thing altogether. Exactly. So I don't know, man. I mean, as far as it being a fun story and being fun for the league and and truly being able to shake some things up. I think it'd be great. Um, the idea that they could pull it off—I'm not—they've been so dysfunctional for the last six years that I wonder if they could even do it.
0: There, I—I don't—I don't think that it's even humanly possible. And I think LeBron would kind of uh, put his money where his mouth is and says, like, if you even think about trading me, right. then there's going to be issues. Well, he's he going to be, retire, right? Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be uh, a whole boatload of backlash that would go along with that. But um, it's still funny to kind of entertain because I think it would be hysterical, and I think it would just—I don't know. I'm just kind of listening to myself for the last couple of days. I mean, am I kind of on the anti-LeBron? Has has my has my diction or is my tone kind of switched to anti-LeBron these days? I don't I'm not think really so. so sure. I don't. Think, I
1: don't. I would say we're not so much anti-LeBron LeBron as we are pro other things happening around lebron yeah you know anytime somebody has more control than they should it gets boring that's why the people don't like the patriots yeah (laughs) you know
0: all right we're gonna get back to another segment we did last week was kind of a concept give me more or go away a concept or an idea um or a player that we want we want to hear more of or something that we want in society to just end the conversation now we're just we're giving it the gavel
1: yeah, we we are we're gonna set the record straight on a couple of things, good or bad. And I do think this, you know, this week I was like, I came into this podcast, I was like, I have, I I know what I want to yeah, go. Yeah, I didn't I was really ready for it. I
0: didn't really know what I wanted to say. Tanya came in like a ball of fire. I was
1: blazing hot with my and to- tape today. talking
0: about um a, a player that many people in Boston have known very well is a Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo,
1: Corny. I think you know this about me. I spend too much time on social media because, partly because of my job, and partly because you know I like to make jokes on Twitter. I like the attention. Yes. Give me the likes and the retweets. I want the ratio. I want it all. You and so, you want all of the impressions. Yeah, exactly. So I spend a lot of time on Twitter, which means I am constantly uh, bewildered by the sort of hammering of dead topics. This is a thing that is that I'm going to tell you exactly what what sent me over the edge. Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo? Rajon Rondo. R- I mean, how do you pronounce Rajon? Rajon Rondo. Dijon
0: Rondo. <laughs> Dijon, so, would you like some great So
1: the OG Grouch.
0: <laughs> um, he, I, call, I, call, I used to call him the problem child in Boston. Yeah,
1: he's the problem child. And he still is. The fact that he's now a full-grown adult in his 30s is, is otherwise. So he during the whole Lakers debacle, during – you know, LeBron's big night, there was a large discussion point on the internet around Rondo deciding to sort of separate himself from the team and sit in the fans seats along the sideline rather than with his team on the bench. Like quite literally two chains was closer to the, to the Lakers bench than he was. It was wild. So, I mean, everybody, so I wake up the next day, I'm like, Oh, classic Rondo, who cares? It's, it, are, is anyone surprised that he's done this? Well, I get on Twitter, and I get—I turn on my TV, and I see all that. This is a, this is an actual talking point. People are like, "Are you kidding me? I can't believe he would do this." Like, you know, does this is this a sign that the Lakers are even worse off than we thought? And here's here's the thing. This is the perfect example of a topic that doesn't need to be a thing. We know we've known for ten years that Rajon Rondo is such a child. He's not—he's not mature. He's. Antisocial. He likes to sit in his house and play chess with himself. Why are we going to turn this into a topic that, like, we've already talked about a thousand times? You aren't relitigating anything. This isn't news. This isn't new or interesting. It doesn't say anything about LeBron James or the Lakers. And it's a perfect example of of what happens when people feel like they need a take and there's nothing new to talk about. They decide they're going to relitigate old stuff we already know. So. It's a this is this is a a trending new thing that people do. They come up with something that we already know, but it's like far enough away in the past that they can pretend it's like a new hot take. And I'm I'm honestly over it. It happened. I with the like I'm sure you saw. This. Did you see the John Wayne thing on Twitter? Uh, yeah, what he's talking ago? about that he's he's a he's a homophobic misogynist. Yeah, whatever. And it's like, yeah, oh, that Playboy interview from 1971. You I discovered hate when that. people do you that. You discovered that and discovered that he was a homophobic racist. It's like, we've known this for
0: years. Like, what dude, What is the difference? I That's I don't... what I'm
1: saying. It's like, so this is, that to me, it's it's really dumbing down a place where there should be like still some semblance of intellectual conversation. There's so much going on with the Lakers. There's so much going on with LeBron. It's a truly fascinating study and one of the most Famous, legendary athletes we've ever seen play any sport in America, and we're going to talk about Rondo being Rondo.
0: Rajon Rondo, I've you know I've known him in Boston, and I've had conversations with Ray Allen about why he left Boston years ago, and he told me stories about how Paul and KG would bully him. Uh, They would alienate him in the locker room. They would twist his words. They would call him gay. They would, I mean, there were there were a number of different details that he confided in me and told me about. But the main thing that really stuck out to me was how much that Rajon Rondo bullied Ray Allen out of Boston. I mean, someone at his age who was maybe 10, 15 years younger than the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Sorry, Steph Curry, Ray still has that title to me, in my, I mean, it's in my opinion. Um I, I it blows my mind that people continue to say this about Rajan because rajan has been Rajan's been a problem child for years yeah. and he's put himself out there. I mean for it's the fact that people not, he's yeah. disappeared into the doldrums of the NBA. Played for the Pelicans or he played for the Hornets or I don't know. Like 117. He literally had the, literally between Boston and now all of a sudden that he's back in the limelight with the Lakers. This is no different than the behavior that he's had years ago. Absolutely. Go away, Rajon Rondo. Boom. My, my, my hot take go away.
1: What, what I, love did we this. Say? I love this because we were talking about Kyler Murray and the combine and we, yeah, we were debating that whether we yeah. wanted
0: to talk about Kyler Murray yeah. and this whole scandal, but I think it's just kind of dated whether or not a report from a former NFL executive about bashing him um, during his interviews. He was the worst. And now Gil Brandt is coming out on Twitter and saying he's, you know, this all seems fabricated, whatever, whatever. So we're talking about the NFL combine. A lot of this stuff is going to get dated because there's going to be pro days in a couple of days. So we're all going to have a little re a little resampling of the combine over the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Until the draft. Until the draft, really. I, you know, I have a problem not only with some of the people ooing and eyeing about 40 times. Yeah. Shout out to Rich Eisen for running a 6.040. Good for you in so St. Jude. So fast. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we applaud you, Rich. We love you over here. Yeah. Um, first of all, D- DK Metcalf. Uh, running the forty time and having a 1.9 percent body fat—that is complete bullshit. You actually would die if you have a 1.9 percent body fat. I think that we've all we've all duped, we've all we've all uncovered that that was a, a complete fabrication. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, my hot take on all of this is like every player that ran a really hot forty time. I know that this is the first year that a defensive lineman ran one of the fastest uh, forty times in years defensive linemen and offensive linemen are not going to be running 40s during an NFL game, okay? Ever. And Ever. like anyone that runs a really fast, I will say this, my hot take, anyone that ran a really fast 40 time during the NFL Combine will not be a topic of discussion during the 2019 no. NFL League year. I there was a, What reminds me of this is there's a really great documentary out by director Gabe Polsky. It's called In Search of Greatness. If you haven't seen it, pop it on your Netflix. It is very fascinating. Gabe interviews, uh, Pele, Jerry Rice, Wayne Gretzky. And he talks about the discussions of, you know, why people are so fascinated with numbers and you know, the numbers don't really equate to greatness. You know, Wayne Gretzky was not statistically one of the fastest. He was strategic in his mind. And like, and, and the way that he played, uh, you know, Jerry Rice wasn't one of the fastest wide receivers, but he was consistent and persistent. It just never, it never matters. Numbers don't matter. This is why the whole statistician sabermetrics idea that the Browns front office have, you know, and the reason that they have they have failed miserably over the last couple of years is because their front office runs by stats and numbers. Whoever has the highest amount of numbers accumulated during a college football year they get drafted by the Cleveland Browns and they always fall flat on their ass. Yeah. Okay? Like, numbers don't equate to greatness. I will say that again. And by the way, if I see another goddamn video of Tom Brady at the Combine (laughs) or running or seeing that little video of how pudgy and fat before he still, you know, when he still ate pizza and ice cream and McDonald's. Oh yeah, he used to
1: chug beers with, before he stopped chugging beers with Wes Walker.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, and Tracy Sandler, our friend, our dear friend who owns the uh, Fangirl Sports Network used to make him cookies before every uh, University of Michigan game. (laughs) That is a fact.
1: Great story. She
0: used to call him Tommy too and I was like, you know what, we're going to be best friends. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just I, I need I need everyone to get to get that straight. that anyone that's really really enticed by flashy flashiness and numbers, um you need to check yourself because you don't really know anything about sports.
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, the measurables at the combine are very rarely an indication. I mean, here and there, you might say, "Oh, we look back and oh, wow, that guy was really faster. His hands turned out to be really big." And you can find these little things, but it's it's almost like Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, like uh-huh. we we they become something, and then we look back to find proof that it existed, and it doesn't matter.
0: Um, I think that the bonus topic of the weekend was J Lo and A Rod, the best three letter names in the game. Got engaged. Killing got them. engaged. Jose Canseco coming out of nowhere, kind of on his like Lenny Dykstra crazy juice, coming out and tweeting a barrage of tweets saying that A Rod is cheating on J Lo uh, with his ex wife Jessica. Yes, that he should call a number, a seven zero two number, and just and it's just just speak about it. Yeah, um, puts this number on Twitter. I know a couple people that actually called. It, It was not me. I promise <laughs> you I did not call. I have button. But, but, but it may or may not have gone straight to voicemail. Correct. Um one of those phony numbers. I I just think I, Jose Canseco just so have you? Actually, himself
1: have you follow him on Twitter at all? No, he's a nut job. So I like. He's a, I'm obsessed with his. Job. I don't even think I've shared this with you. Oh, I I'm think I've obsessed seen. obsessed With his Twitter, okay. I think okay. I've <laughs> seen
0: like you. You've been. You've. You're yeah. all about the I, Jose Canseco. Vote. The
1: Jose Canseco Twitter is an is an underrated Twitter experience that I I guarantee if any of our listeners go and they go through the just just scroll back a couple months and then start there and get yourself up to present life. Will be good. Like this guy, he goes on rants about Bigfoot and <laughs> aliens, like genetic <laughs> engineering, and some of it, I'm like, where did he even get this information? Is he like,
0: is he like, he's Dennis Rodman level yeah. crazy?
1: Yeah, but you know what? Oh, inv- like, invest, angry.
0: In, invest in space travel.
1: Yeah, you got to as
0: soon as that it's as inv- available, invest in space travel. <laughs> We need a bullet train from Vegas to Los Angeles and from Vegas to Arizona. I agree. I agree with that. There's that also would be a awesome. really
1: fun recent rant right before me, the Jessica Canseco Me for president. One.
0: Me for president.
1: There's a really fun wow. rant before right before the Jessica Canseco like thing. He went on a great rant about Tim Tebow and trying to help him fix his swing in baseball, like begging Tim Tebow to talk to him. It's just glorious, oh really beautiful God. stuff. It's great. Children, this is what happens to your brain when you take too many steroids. And he'll tell you that. That's yeah. the best part of it. He'll be like, "Yeah." I'm oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh,
0: I think you know, what was i watching? What? Oh no, it was uh, Screwball, the movie. Oh, okay. Um, that yes. oh. will that will be hitting sets. Yes. Another documentary for our listeners to uh, to check out. The We're Billy, becoming a
1: documentary um, I, referral I, podcast. I, I am
0: I am I am I am a director and a film and a film entrepreneur. So I I will I will suggest all of the documentaries you need. But yes, in Screwball, they said, you know, they were ch- chanting out uh, steroids to Jose Canseco in the in the, in the the outfields, and Canseco, <laughs> who looked over and responded to the crowd by flexing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you it you was kinda, so accepting. You have to
1: respect it in some ways.
0: The enlightened salesman will not always be at the helm.
1: Yeah. Honestly, you can print these out and put them on your wall. I really, I'm I gonna really think. am going to buy you one of those pillows with a cross stitch, you know, message in it, but it's going to be a Jose Canseco tweet. <laughs> Just
0: like my grandmother always made me. Exactly. All right. um, Next week, actually later this week, we're going to be doing a full-blown NFL free agency podcast. If you guys have any questions or any concerns, maybe we'll throw this up on, on our Twitter pages. Uh, we will read kind of the responses, and we will we'll do a whole breakdown because I feel like that could take up a whole forty minutes. Yeah,
1: there's a lot going on. It's been a fun it's been a fun few days for free agency. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. And I mean, I there's nothing that gets me up and leaping out of bed more than NFL free agency frenzy. And I can only assume that my excitement is going to be at an all time high this week. So we will see you Thursday. Adios. Ciao.